0: Welcome to the Welsh Rugby Podcast from Wales Online Hello and welcome to the Welsh Rugby Podcast by Wales Online Brought to you by Gulliver's Sports Travel My name's Matt Southgroom and today I'm joined by our rugby writers Andy Howell and Simon Thomas Good afternoon chaps Good afternoon, it's the rugby writers dinner
1: tonight so we're all excited
0: Exactly, it's a big one eh? so you guys got your suit ready? Yes, I just, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> you're filling me with
2: confidence <laughs> I Dug it out of the wardrobe, I had to dig deep, because it hasn't been out since Simon Thomas organised the, the dinner last year, and mm-hmm. looked at his guest list, very impressive, but I'm a bit concerned he's got that many speakers tonight, I think it could be could last us about one in the morning.
0: <laughs> well, let's hope not, i got to get on my bus up to Manchester Airport, I'm going on all day tonight, boys, so... You're another day for, for the week, another one! <laughs> I suggest you look at the diary, son, I ain't taking many this year. Anyway, let's get into it, shall we? Um... First up, let's talk about the Ospreys um, 31-10 loss at Glasgow on the weekend Not a particularly great second half uh, They beat Zebra on the first weekend But they weren't great in that game A lot of fans uh, are yeah. unhappy And I think Mr Tandy is probably feeling the pressure a little bit I sat in the Landaff
1: North Clubbers Watching the uh, highlights after the big Landaff Landaff North derby <laughs> and uh in a- that
0: derby by the way
1: It was a 15-year-old draw oh. On his even and it was interesting. I sat with you know people who love their rugby watching that game. And in, in fairness, you know the, the first half, I think it was ten all at half time. If you remember, you said, so you're right, and the Ospreys were competitive. Certainly, they were up against a quality Glasgow side. And you thought, well, this is, this is more encouraging after you know sort of a bit of sort of indifferent opening against them. but The second half it was disappointing. There's been a lot of focus and a lot of talk before the game about um, Sam Davis with the Dan Bigger announcement that he's going to Northampton. We were talking about, well, you know, will this mean now that the Ospreys will install him very much as first choice for this season for the big games? Last year, obviously, remember, he was shuttled to full-back. So he was, you know, a lot of focus on him, and, and it didn't quite happen for Sam um, in, in that second half. There, key interception, know. key interception he gave away, and uh, it's going to be interesting this season. Really fascinating to see how the Ospreys do play this with the fact that bigger is going at the end of the season. Yeah, what were they I, going to do at ten?
2: Well, play that. They play the worst, playing the best, wouldn't they? If they got any sense. Damn bigger! Don't forget, they are paying in mind for the end, <laughs> end of the season. So you're not going to pay up to sit around sidelines, are you, well,
0: as a substitute? What some people have said after that Glasgow game is that Sam Davis was perhaps trying a bit too hard, as if some are suggesting that he was a victim of the game plan in terms of some people not being very complimentary about Gruff Um There wasn't a lot of variation in the game, and perhaps Sam was trying to force things as he felt the game was getting away from the Ospreys is there anything in
1: that I mean if you watch the particular in, uh, interception you could see him coming he looked one way he looked the other kind of half gave the pass there was enough time for a whole welcoming committee to get in the line of the pass Adamash caught it him he was away to the line um, don't
2: forget Glasgow now they've got their own super coach and Dave Rennie coached the Chiefs to two super rugby titles they would have done their own work on Sam Davis and every other Do you think that's player. a weakness in his game? Well, well, I, I, I don't know, but I know they would have been looking at Sam. They would look at it that closely. They'd look closely at his game, the sort of things he done. Maybe I don't know because I've watched videos of, of, uh, mm. of that, that sort of, of Sam before. Enough to, uh, um, to, to give the absolute answer. But they would have been looking at Sam if there's anything in his game. They would have been. Um, I'm sure they would have been onto it. It I was think, like uh, James Hook. I remember being yeah. with Gatlin a few years ago. I did that Wales uh, training day and James Hooker was something in his game where the opposition could pick up on and they used to get interceptions off it
1: Yeah I mean I think if you look last season certainly up until the Six Nations period I mean Sam was the best playoff in Wales he was playing really well into the Welsh squad wasn't really involved very much didn't get any starts and so kind of tailed away towards the end of the season yes. perhaps wasn't at his best for Wales as well and you got to the summer break that he'd come out um
2: well he didn't really play in that six inches. he played a no. good set came on for the second lost half his momentum. He? lost his, his re- momentum played really well yeah lost all his momentum and then towards the end of the season lack of activity and perhaps he lost a bit of confidence as well uh, you know for 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 Welsh rugby could actually be good at Dan Biggers leaving uh, why not he's coming to you know he's uh, going to be about 29-30 then and uh, it, it, it's either Dan Biggill, he's the really, or Sam Davis. Leave the sort of I'd argue Sam Davies should have left the
0: space two, three years ago. Yeah, this is, this isn't this isn't something that's come out of the blue, is it? This has been coming to a head for quite a while, and yeah. you had Tandy saying for all throughout last season that there's plenty of room for the two of them, but it became evident that
1: yeah. It wasn't. I think the only surprise is how early it's been announced. You often tend to see these around, but you know, December, January time it's quite unusual, really, for to go virtually through the whole season knowing when your players is on his way. Yeah. But the one thing I would say about Bigger, you know, he's a consummate professional. He's a born competitor. And he will want to sort of in every opportunity he has in that jersey, which has meant a lot to him over a decade. He will want to give his mm. all for it. I
2: think Big has announced it now because that's the strength of his uh, character, and he'd rather instead of having all uh, you know stuff in the uh, in the press yeah. speculation, he'd rather just nail it uh, down now. And you know he'll give everything for the Ospreys because he's that type of uh, type of guy, and you know he's been a magnificent servant for him. Brilliant player, uh, along with Alan Wynne-Jones, he's been a catalyst.
1: Oh, Munster this weekend, I, I believe it's for Ospreys big at, big at home, game. and um, the interesting thing, of course, Dan Lidgett is due to come back, yeah. which is very timely, given some of the injuries, which I'm sure we'll talk about in a minute. Yes. Um, yes, yeah, it's a huge
2: game, Munster. This is a huge game for the Ospreys <laughs> this weekend. Forget about the last two weekends. I think we know more about the Ospreys after this weekend. Of course, they are playing Munster, which is in Swansea, and uh, Munster was a side of punch well above their own weight last season. So this is really a game the Ospreys must win.
0: We started off just out talking about Tandy. Let's come back to that because the Ospreys haven't won silverware for since 2012. Memory serves me right. Um, like I said, a lot of fans are not happy with Tandy. He's got a he's got a long contract under his belt now. Is he going to be feeling pressure to start performing? I know we're two games into the season and they've got some big players to come back in, but you know you've got the back end of last season to look at as well. Where they fell off a cliff at the worst possible time. They've not started particularly well this season. Is this now somewhere where he needs to start delivering? Well, yeah, of course he does. Because the
2: Ospreys haven't really delivered, have they? They haven't since uh, since 2012. That's for, you know five years ago. That's a long time for any coach. You know, I'm a great believer in myself that you give a coach three uh, years and uh, you make changes. They've done something in those three years. With the Ospreys, you know, they had all the Galacticos playing for him, which was a potentially a brilliant marketing tool and all and uh, uh, Tani of course wasn't coaching at some of that time I mean if Warren Gatland or Graham Henry been coaching the Ospreys at that time I'm sure they would have been European champions I'll
1: tell you what was noticeable going back to Bigger was in his press um, release or in the press release from Northampton which had quotes from Daniel in the piece it said he was joining a club that had shared his ambitions to wear silverware now that would have gone to the heart of Ospreys fans mm. and, and to the board as well and um the suggestion and the implication is perhaps that you know, the ambition isn't quite there. They obviously want to win things, but he, he feels clearly that he's got more chance of moving away of doing that. It was
2: really a telling statement, wasn't it?
1: It was very telling, and it was a little bit of a terse reply as well from the Union and the Ospreys. So mm.
0: it's done now, and you, we all move on, I suppose. And move on, the Ospreys need to, but as we mentioned, you've got the big names, Reese Webb, Alan Wynn, Bigger himself. And you've got Lydiard coming back now. Those are those are not insignificant additions when they do all return. They're is their return going to make a difference? Yeah, the difference. Is. No, is it going to make the difference of the Ospreys?
2: Yeah, it is. But how, uh, uh, but how much you'd be able to push them up the uh, up the table or or the challenge for trophies? Uh, not 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 too uh, sure about because if you look at their squad, it's not much different to, uh, last season really. Although I guess they have lost an influential player in uh, Josh Mattavesi. A good backup player in Tyler uh, Ardron. So, um, you know, they got a bit, a bit different now. They're midfielding Ashley Beck's already out on a long term injury. Poor boy again. Got you know, yeah. youngsters, Corey Allen has come from the Blues, Owen Watkins just come back from a serious injury, Ben John currently banned. Mm. So they have got a few problems. They've got a bit of injury less as well already, besides the ones, yeah, besides, um, you know, some of the long term ones.
1: Our hip is a big issue for them as well, you know, mm. short and long term. Short term, he's got this. Problem with his shoulder, which he struggled to get over long term. We hear the amount of money Montpellier put his way is just non turn yeah. can I yeah. And yeah. he's a hard man to replace. You know, tight deads don't grow on trees. Oh,
0: that's, a, that's a very good point. The branches would probably snap. <laughs> um, all due respect <laughs> yeah. to tight deads, I love tight deads. Yeah. Right, moving on. Next, the Dragons. Um, another loss 35 uh, 18 at Edinburgh on Friday night. That's now. I spoke to Bernard Jackman at the Pro 14 launch. One of the big things he pointed out to me was he's not particularly... Well, he is concerned with all aspects, but the one thing he was really concerned about is the tries that they let in, and he wants to try and shore up the defence. I know the defence coach hasn't been there a very long time, so I'm not sure they've had time to implement the structures or certainly understand the structures that are coming in. 74 points in two games... That's not, a concern, isn't it? Not the Defenses best. defence is certainly a work in progress, eh?
2: Yeah.
1: Well, you watched that game. You covered it on television. You were looking at it, following it.
0: Mm.
1: Are the defensive problems individual? Are they systemic? What is it?
0: What, what, I, what I decided to do, I, I thought Edinburgh deserved a lot of credit for the way they scored their tries on Friday night. Uh, three of the four tries involved a runner coming from seemingly nowhere laid onto a ball which is very difficult to defend in it, yeah in midfield or slightly sort of just towards the 15 channel Robbie Fruin mm. his try he came from behind about three forwards and took a pass off the scrum half fullback
1: back, full Kinghorn Kinghorn's a good player Kinghorn yeah. was
0: playing really really well um, so the tries I, I would rather applaud Edinburgh on those three tries well,
2: well, that would be a concern to me not Matt because um the Dragons' final pre-season friendly against Glasgow. Glasgow did exactly the same thing. That's where they were opening up the Dragons. So my question is, are the Dragons the Dragons not yet learned from what happened against uh, Glasgow? It seems to me they're getting a bit square in defence and their body positions are not fantastic. They're doing a bit in- inside a bit too much. So mm. then it's hard to switch to to someone attacking that channel you're talking about. Yeah, what
0: I would say about the Dragons, though, there was a point in the game where they were down by quite a few and they they had. They'd started coming back into the game through Gavin Henson's boot and then they had a try disallowed which was very, very contentious um, that would have brought the scores even tighter I think a conversion would have brought it to within a point. Um, That try was ruled out and it sort of sucked the life out of the Dragons then and Edinburgh began to, to take the game away from them with a few late scores. But I think they deserved a bit of credit for the way they, they didn't throw the towel in at half-time and they stuck at their task and came back into the game and put themselves within reach of Edinburgh despite the fact that it got pulled away from them in the yeah. end. So as long as there are those signs of good stuff and flashes of progress, I suppose we've got to keep giving them a little bit of patience. I think
1: this is a big game this weekend against Bernard Jackman's old team, another of his old teams, Connacht. Yeah. Um, I think we were looking at the stat how many games in a row now have the Dragons lost in, yeah, in, 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 in the league, it, I think it's 11-12 games in a row in, um, in Pro 12 stroke Pro 14 you, you do get the impression of this a lot there's there's a sense you know, in, in the group that they, 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 they're working hard for each other I think if they could get a win against Corner of the Week and that would do so much for the belief in the mm. squad there's young talent there you know um, they've got some Ability to play out wide now that Amos is back and Ashley Hewitt is there, and they've got Hanson Hewitt
0: looked very good. He's quick.
1: He's just quick, isn't he? He's very. Yeah. I mean, obviously he missed a huge chunk of last season with the concussion issue. So I think they've got a threat. You know, um, they need a win. Yeah. And it was an encouraging home crowd, wasn't it? The first game of the yeah. season over six thousand. You'd hope that fans would give another chance, at Newport and you put in Rodney Parade over the weekend. And yeah, that's a big game for them.
2: Yeah, there is a concern, Mike. There's another concern besides the defence, it's the lack of tries. we well, only scored one, one try in two leagues, that was a try. penalty try. Yeah. So, you know, they've got to start scoring. Exactly it? the same tally to as the Blues. Oh, we'll come on
1: to that now. East is not best at the minute. Uh, it? It's
0: not. Um, <laughs> I suppose to answer my own question then, right, they've got. You mentioned Connaught, and then at the end of September, they've got the Kings at home. If we leave September and the Dragons are still without a win with those two games coming up, is. Are people going to begin to lose patience with the Dragons, such is the way of professional sport?
1: I think it's a long-term project. I mean, this has been the issue, isn't it? There's been this scepticism, cynicism, whatever word you want to use, about what the Wru's long-term plan is. You know, i.e., how long will they give the project? They own the ground now. They own the team now. Um, it's their it's their setup. They've just brought in uh, a new chairman, Mr. Buttress, mm. who's I think it was the Just Eat. hungry for success (laughs) oh (laughs) yes and you know there's talk about him bringing investment You know, let's be honest we went through about a year, over a year, where we had this whole process. of the Dragons, as was the set of trying to find investment, who didn't come on board, within a couple of months of the union taking control, you've got this guy coming in and his investment. And so editor, that eh? everything that's being done by the union you know, seems to be a pretty cogent attempt to answer the, the question mark about how long-term committed they are. Yeah. And if there is a long-term commitment, they've obviously spent money on the ground. There's a whole um, area of the clubhouse, which I think is going to be ripe for sale and development to bring some money back in. Jackman has said, "If I wanted players, I think he said this, isn't he? If I wanted players, that, I yeah. go to the union. I, I think at the moment you have to you have to see players. You see it, and there does seem a determination to make it work. Mm. And that being the case, it's more long term and short term is the key. But I do go back to this. I just think for the players and the group, a win this weekend." that would do so much for the confidence and the belief and the atmosphere within the group
2: uh, yeah I've no doubt it's a long term uh, project and the WIU certainly want it to be uh, successful they don't want to be left with their egg on their faces um, however they must get uh, wins because that uh, uh, groundswell towards the Dragons in Gwent as a whole you know people are all yeah it's fantastic it's to the Dragons now new he puts up the name etc cetera, etc cetera. you know that will only last uh, so, so long, so long as yeah. people coming down from the valleys and from rural Gwent to watch them uh, play if they, if they think there's no chance of them winning matches. So they've got to start winning matches and trying to turn Ronnie Parade. Into a, a fourth, yeah,
1: right? It's, it's a tricky one this weekend. I mean, yeah. Macaulay pushed Glass to go quite hard the first week. They the beat the South They weekend, were champions, the, man, the Beat the South Africans asked. last weekend. And Bandiaki was man of the match last mm. weekend. And when he starts yeah. playing, he's always a handful. That's what I'm saying. So if they if they can pull off that mm. scalp, the Dragons it would be a
2: notable success. You know, I, I I unless the Dragons shape up, there's going to be a massive uh, turnover in players there next summer. That's for sure because a hell of a lot of boys coming out of contract.
0: Well, this is it. Um, Jackman outlined his 30-day plan before. Uh, sorry, 30-day plan. A three-year plan before the season started um, and the first thing he wanted to do this season is what you touched on wanted to make Rodney Parade a bit of a fortress the first year he's going to be looking at his players and assessing where they need to strengthen second year in the summer he said there will inevitably be recruitment like you touched on again there and he said by the third year they want to be the best Welsh region now you look at that regardless of what happens now at does he need all those you know, sports accrual mistress? you don't always get three years do you? No. Which no. is why wins now. It's the
1: Crystal Manor, Palace manager can tell
2: you. Well
0: yeah. Which yeah.
2: is <laughs> <laughs> on the other hand puts on the other foot with Steve Dandy in it at the Ospreys.
0: Well, yeah, that's a good point actually yeah, he's having a, another three years but uh, so wins what we're saying is wins yeah. now are important for the short term. I,
2: I don't think a WI would panic and get rid of Bernard Jackman like for two more months into the season. Mm. or three months I think they were you know Gatlin I know Gatlin rates him highly thinks he's the man to do a job there so I think they will stick with him I think the uh, um y- you know next summer's going to be massive for the
0: Dragons yeah alright then next up Scarlett, um another win for the Champions 41-10 out in terrible condition- conditions in Zebra uh, that was a really good win you look at this because they've struggled
2: over there sometimes in the past and all that was a Champions performance one it put them away in style like some like you see the New Zealand Super Rugby teams put opponents away, uh, you know, go and do a job on someone, put them away, and keep, uh, keep um,
0: clocking up the points. Really good performance by the Scarlets. We're talking about uh, other teams struggling to score side. They've scored ninety eight points in two games. That's Going to the fun. It's great to you see at the from the, the from Scarlet's point of view. I mean,
1: they got the top try scorer from last season in Steph Evans. He's scored three already this term. We've talked about Mr. Nick- McNichol. Oh, um probably. Just everything he does seems to be coming right at the moment you still got Jonathan Davis to come into that side the player of the lions by the way yeah. it's uh, um, absolutely outstanding i mean the issue for them um, obviously is is more the fact that they've suffered this this big injury to james davis you know it's been a, it's a real body blowout for 12 weeks he just looked so good in that first game um, now they've got boyd who i think is a, is a fine yeah. player a real dogger um, but you don't be losing too many of these key players that's the thing because inevitably our squads are not as strong as some of the other sides in the league and obviously it's certainly not the case of England and France so the, you hope they can get, get through now without any more picking up my injury. But, but they, hey, listen, they're just good to watch. I watched that game. I watched the highlights back. It was horrible conditions, mm. and yet they still try to play. They still yeah. play. They believe in a certain way, and they're going to stick to it. A big game this weekend, now. Ulster away. Uh, following a lot of few, few of my friends who are Ulster fans, they were not happy with the way Ulster played out in Italy last weekend. There was a lot of, sort of doom and gloom before the season.
2: Um, well, Ulster like Cardiff Blues, aren't they? Massive achievers
1: we'll come on to them in a minute but I think I think the Ulster I think Ulster are, are the, you know it's a good time to be playing them don't seem to be firing obviously they've got off the field issues with certain players unavailable they've lost p and who so sort of ran the show for so long uh, Paddy Jackson and available now it, it's, it's tricky you know, Leofano has come in isn't he but I think that's again the Scarlets in full confidence if it's a nice day up there in, in Belfast I think they've got a real shot and that would be another statement by them there was two big statements in Ireland in the end of last season and there's a chance for another one at the start of this campaign
0: how, how much and do you trust the Scarlets and I mean in terms of yes they've scored 98 points but they've played the Kings and Zebra yeah. How much do you trust them in the sense that they can they are the real deal again this season? I know you can only beat what's in front of you. It's the same team though, really, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. but that doesn't always mean that it will bring the same no, results, does No, it?
2: but they see, you know they seem to be carrying last season's momentum into this. Judging by those performances, okay, albeit against two of the weaker teams in this uh, in the Pro 14, but they've got momentum going, and you know feel good factor. And they're all loving it at the moment, aren't they? And they seem to just carry on from last season. They got a a astute head coach in uh, Wayne Pivic. and you know got Stephen Jones working with the backs. He's a good thinker on the game. I think everyone is just enjoying it, and. and I think, you know, Pivak and Jones like to play that super rugby sort of uh, style. So, you know, if you can uh, get some pleasure out of that, you should be playing in a game. It was
1: mm-hmm. telling, wasn't it, after they had a couple of indifferent pre-season results, Pivak, you know, was quite strong in his comments saying, it's you know, like good, got into them a bit and saying, you know, basically saying, don't go resting in your laurels and fair play the first two games this season. If there was any honeymoon period, and no over over celebration or, over, or getting ahead of themselves, they seem to have got back down to earth again. Uh, but they get back down to earth in a very exciting fashion, that's the thing you've got yeah, to see. It'll say be interesting
2: long. test for their pack over there, won't it, against Ulster's. Yeah, yeah. You know well, Ulster's has perhaps been weakened a bit by uh, the loss of Franco and uh, Randy uh, 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 Muir, who signed for the Cardiff Blues and then was let uh, go to go to London Irish. Started.
1: He seems keen to get us on Cardiff know, Blues, it, it, doesn't he?
0: Yes, we get the Cardiff Blues on. <laughs> um, Touching on Ulster then, obviously Dwayne Peel on the coaching staff. Mm. Got Jones against Dwayne Peel on two coaching staffs. People know each other very well. And Leslie, obviously, a place that's quite close to Dwayne Peel's heart.
1: I thought it was an interesting appointment, Dwayne, because obviously mm-hmm. he had that spell at Bristol, didn't he? You know, and yeah. um, if you think about Dwayne, he was a very astute thinker in the game. Very you know, serious-minded, you know, young man. Always gave a straight bat in the interviews, and he was good a bluff, good bloke. good bloke. I've always had a lot of time for him, you know. Um, but I think they they have they have a few issues at Ulster at the moment, and uh, I do think this is a good time for, for the uh, Scarlets to be playing them.
0: I was it. Just touch. Go back to Jones and Peel. That was a half back partnership, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. At very good, wasn't it? You know, Wales and the Lions. Yeah. Particular memories of those playing together. Well,
1: Peel, two thousand and five. I, I thought he was outstanding in that Grand Slam yeah. campaign. Yeah, it was.
2: Wasn't it? And Jones, that was the best Jones played for Wales, probably mm. in two five. He was playing for Clermont at the time. Benefited perhaps on that. And they were banging for him, weren't they? was well, see. They Dwayne, were, uh, how, Dwayne was only Dwayne, probably, Dwayne in two or five, where it was rated by some as the best
1: in the world. Dwayne was probably only twenty-seven-ish when Gatlin came in. But that was very much it. Was it yeah. Then as soon yeah, as yeah. Gatlin yeah. came in. Mike Phillips was a man different style different approach he did play a bit I though. mean Dwayne had 50 caps by the time he has got 24 yeah, he did a you know? lot of shoulder injuries in I mean he, what he's what great thing was his, his pace off the mark yeah. and just simply and oh, Wales yeah. in that 2005 campaign they were looking to play quick looking to play a ball handling skill based game and he was the catalytic converter there he was the man getting things going with the quick taps and he was absolutely integral to that success
0: mm. Uh, they were a great partnership and us Carlos did well with all the players that they are mm. alright then moving on finally then yes we come to the Cardiff Blues here we are 37-9 loss at Leinster on last weekend uh, for all the talk of change as we always get in pre-seasons it seems things have stayed <laughs> largely the same
2: <laughs> <laughs> pity we didn't have a camera on me not you not Matt. <laughs> because you know even before a ball had been touched it was all doom and gloom from the Blues about this season, about budgets. Vandermeer, is he coming? Is he not? Etc. Etc. They've been talking it down even. If I was a Blues supporter, and I was and I was going to th- renew a season ticket. Well, after all the stuff coming out of there, wouldn't have bothered because they turned me, you know, it turned me off that much. And um, I'm afraid, I'm afraid they have started the season rather badly in the Pro. 14. However, the game I covered against the English champions Exeter, their final pieces of friendly, they played really well. So I'm, I'm surprised, uh, you know, losing at home to uh, Edinburgh. Come on, you've got to win those sort of games. And, uh, you know, I am uh, extremely concerned uh, about what's going on at the Blues and the future uh, and their very uh, future. And we said about pressure should Steve Tandy be under pressure? Well, like, you know, I imagine knowing. Uh, uh, you know, Peter Thomas has operated over the years all the money he's put into the Blues can be, uh, you know, he wants results so I imagine Danny Wilson, their coach is probably feeling the heat a bit. Mm. What do you think, Simon?
1: Well, they're on the same table tonight at the dinner, that's all be interesting. Um, you sat between them? No, nah, nah, <laughs> yeah. no, it's All friends tonight, all friends tonight. Listen, I think it was either on the podcast or something I wrote, I remember making a point, and you know, we talked about it in the office, I said, at the start of this season, people said, oh, could be good for the Blues, If they put their first-choice team pretty much close to it on the field, they can be competitive and play good rugby. We saw that on Judgment Day when they kind of blew the Ospreys away. And there were occasions last year when they did it. But the point I made, I know you're doing violins there, the point I'm making is that when they, I said at the time, if they lose certain key pivotal players, they haven't got the squad strength and quality to cope. Now, look what's happened. They've lost Ellis Jenkins. They've lost Sam Warburton, the 2 They've lost... Gareth Anscombe the main yeah, but well, he's been played a lot in this rugby the last year under eight. You know, yeah, he's yeah, not yeah. a job with the ball jackal, which we desperately need in the current game. They've lost Gareth Anscombe, right? Gethin Jenkins hasn't been playing yes this season. Nick Williams at 35 minutes, he hasn't been seen since. These are key. whatever you think? But they, they, they are men who would be up to your first team choice. Yeah. George Hill, first team regular all through the season. And I'm making excuses. I'm just saying that what I predicted is coming true. When, mm. if they lose certain key players, they haven't got the squad to call. You look last weekend out in Dublin, they played Leinster. The front five had three 20 year olds, the front five group. Uh, Azerati, Domachewski, Seb Davis, and then a 21-year-old in Dylan Lewis. Now, uh, Alan Hansen said famously, "You never win anything with kids." He was proved wrong by Man United in the mid-nineties, but generally, what he said is right. right. Okay. And they're not. They started a lot
2: of kids playing last week.
1: They did. They had younger players playing, but I don't think you can go somewhere like the RDS with that much youth in your front five and expect to come out with on the right result. You know, the, the first 20 minutes there was real struggles in the scrum Azerati was up against Keelan Healy. It was Azerati's first start the boy's got a huge future i think real talent danny wilson thinks a heck of a lot of him and playing one of them amidst a group of experienced players is fine but because of their squad depth because of the issues they've got with personnel these kids are having to grow up in public and it's hard work and at the moment it is a struggle for cardiff blues a real struggle
0: don't we i get the the impression that we do this every every (laughs) pre-season with the blues though do you know what i mean mean, every pre-season you look at them and you think that's a really good 23 and then suddenly you get one or two injuries and then it's like well there's nothing coming It's not nothing coming through but it's like you said you th- you're put in a situation where you need to put youngsters and like you said they're, they're in the spotlight yeah. straight away and they might not have the best of games and yeah, Andy will
1: accuse us of, of being pointed to the whinging again or claim it's whinging but of course Danny Wilson did very publicly make this point about the dual contracts yeah, didn't but- he pre-season the fact that down west, the Scarlets and the Ospreys are the majority yeah, of the dual contracts. He, Therefore, their budget is probably half yeah, a million yeah. to a million but, pounds but more than the Blues.
2: The, the counter-argument of the Scarlets and the Ospreys is they produce those players. There so, we Well, most of those well players. this is the so thing. If you, if you, know, if it's you
1: it's to look at the Cardiff Blues squad now and say in the next two years, if they stay together, name me a player who would realistically be on the cards to get a dual contract. I, could think, I can think exactly. of what, maybe probably. two. Dylan Lewis. I can think of maybe two. Ellis Jenkins, possibly. Possibility, but then they, they're very young for that category, and I think Wales are going to probably be looking for a slightly older place This is what I'm saying. You, you, I don't see it. The point I'm trying to make is I don't see it changing. I don't see the funding situation changing. There was obviously this talk, wasn't there, about you know hands up? I wrote the pieces about uh, Peter Thomas looking for the union to take control, hand of the keys. Now, bottom line is that deal could not be done because the financial deal didn't stack up with Peter Thomas in terms of what the union wanted from him to cover the guarantees, carry the li- liabilities for them to take over. So that's been put on hold. The ground development's been put on hold. Cardiff Athletic Club now want to get involved in it. That's another st- stall process. So all these things we've talked about, they're not happening. And in the meantime, we still have the situation We still have the situation where they've got around about a £5.2 million pound budget for playing budget. And, you know, over half a million pounds of that is relying on Peter Thomas putting his hand in his pocket now the point about it is at this present time there is no other funding model available and, and he clearly felt that he wasn't happy continuing to put that money you can't in blame. and that's where Franco van der was released, could have been more players released, so what's the answer and Union takeover But that can't happen Because the terms of the takeover Are just unacceptable to Peter You know He's not going to particularly Want to hand it over And pay a million To two million pounds To the union To cover the liabilities Of the existing squad Now There are 20 odd players At a contract At the end of this season That's when things Become interesting Because if you're looking At that point To reduce the liabilities And move away More manageable but do we really want to have a situation where the Blues maybe are operating on a three and a half, four million pound budget next year with players if not it, being replaced? Is it's, it's, a, ca- it's a tricky one. If it
2: carries on like it is. They're going to be. They're going to have crowds of four thousand, aren't they? Well, it's I do. I, I uh, do. What annoys me most Sorry. about yeah. what annoys me most about the Blues is they should be like Manchester. They should be like Leicester Tigers. They should be a, a European superpower. But you're they're talking like,
1: about teams there who are on a million and a half to two million pounds you, you, more you, you, than that.
2: It's an excuse. See this gives all the time. The Blues It's a fact. The Blues in that one season averaged they had an average crowd of over fifteen thousand when they had a good squad and they had some success and some yeah, but, investment. And their investment was greater than Peter at the time. Yeah, but you know but they've got enormous goodwill. Don't forget Leinster, they don't just have their money off the Irish Rugby Union. They don't raise a lot of money besides it. They're deals. owned by the Irish Sponsor. Rugby Union. Yeah, but they raise their commercially, they raise a heck of a lot of money. Surely the Blues could raise a lot more money commercially. If they were successful, they would have more chance of doing that. You know, they, they, not just li- they don't just live. They do just live on a state handout, do they? The, the Irish. <laughs> it's a nationalization, is isn't it? The Irish, the Irish. They'd raise a lot of money themselves for extra Yeah, listen. The
1: bottom line, income streams, isn't it? The bottom line on this, right, is that the. Irish Rugby Union spend on the professional game is significantly more than the Welsh Rugby Union, spend. But, but you, you can addressed. understand you can understand from the Welsh Rugby Union point of view why they would probably be reluctant to put X amount of money in when they don't have control.
2: Yeah.
1: If you give yeah. more money, you want more control, don't you?
2: You've hit the edge just now, didn't you, when you said they own the Irish Rugby Union? Yes, that's the, that's the difference, isn't it?
1: But yeah. who's going to?
2: Yeah, but yeah. I, I got a question for you yes. about the Blues. of yes. yes, yes. Were when, uh, when Mark Hammett took over a couple of years oh, you, ago you as coach me. of the Blues, <laughs> should the Blues board have backed him fully in what he actually wanted to do with the Blues? Are they paying the price now, the Blues, for not backing his perhaps radical plans?
1: I'm not sure that I have seen enough success or quality rugby from Mark Hammett teams elsewhere to tell me that if he'd stayed, things would have turned to for the better.
0: I'm still here, by the way. <laughs> um, so, we'll we'll move on and we'll touch on... Hang when...
2: on. What about Sam Warburn? That's where we're moving yeah. on to. The it. Other thing, I just Who's running to this show today, the me or you?
0: Just well, I think
1: we know the answer
2: to just, one <laughs> of, just one point I'd like to make on a Blues, on a playing point of view though, the bloke they're going to miss most of all is Alice Jenkins. Right, yeah, He's a superb against Exeter. The boy is a natural-born leader. We've seen that at the Blues, we've seen Wales in the 20s when he got the Wolves. Final, he's a fantastic player. Gets over the ball, goes in where he does, turns it out, week in, turns it on, week in, week out. His leadership they're going to miss that massively. Yeah, we wish him well in his recovery
0: from his rep, uh, coming, t- hamstring torn off the bone, yeah, I believe. Yeah, yeah it's pretty nasty. One. Um, so, you've got Ellis out with the hamstring, Sam Wobdun out with the neck, two sevens there, so two quality sevens. Um, but let's touch on Sam first. Um you don't know where to start really, how many, this guy's had, what, what 20 I, I, 20 I did it,
1: we, we did a little graphic based on a story I did last December, we've already up to, up, updated three times and all his injuries. Um, 20, I, I put it I wrote it that it was about 20 and he said oh it's not, it's not far oh, I think you've missed a couple out he told me <laughs> um, you know listen we said it all along and you know, the way that he plays which is constant confrontation of the breakdown in the tackle area and the collisions means his body is going to take these bounds I mean you do I do worry you know you do worry don't you? because he's had a shoulder neck stinger nerve issues numerous times now and is not he and the way he plays he's going to keep getting them um, you you He's come back from the Lions Tour. The hope was that we're we now we're finding out now. The hope was that he upset a little bit of a long standing issue with this shoulder, his neck. And the hope was that two, week, two months' rest would allow it to settle. He felt confident apparently going into training. One session of contact on the pads, feeling it again, has a scan, specialist looks at it. I'm afraid you need an operation, son. Operation number six in his career.
2: Did he have a scan after the Lions Tour? I'd like to. Why wasn't he scanned then? I don't know. I can't if answer he wasn't. that. I'm sorry. I don't know. I'm surprised he didn't scan. I, mean, him I, 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 I had a quick,
1: very brief chat with, with Sam. Just uh, you know, social chat, like, you know, wishing him well for the operation, and, and he did say to me that uh, it's not quite as bad as you know, sounding. And mm-hmm. he sounded quite upbeat. The thing is, the boy's been through so many of these that he's uh, you become quite philosophical, but don't if you? If you look
2: at his playing record, in the last four years, he's almost played as many uh, games of
0: Wales as he has for the uh, Blues. So, what do you what do you say to the criticism that often gets levelled at him then that he is essentially a, a as they like to say a team Wales player and not a Cardiff Blues player well, he's injured so much isn't he when he's, uh, he's, he's going to miss Wales as well now though isn't he this is not you this will never be the players fault when they pick up these injuries No, I'm, I come in from a point of view of a, of a fellow glass man myself I have plenty and you get you have a stick no end off your mates and stuff for getting injured so I sympathise with him when he gets criticism because it's never his fault. You've said it, it's either position he puts himself in time and time again. I know he's not the only player that does it, but for one reason or another, he gets these injuries when other players come.
1: It's more his game than virtually any other player on the planet. His whole game is around getting over the ball, slowing the ball down winning penalties winning turnovers and physicality in the collisions and physicality in the tackle he puts his body on the line in ways that few other players do if you look at some like James Davis and Tipperick they're good at the breakdown good over the ball but they spend probably more time and wider channels yeah. and supporting Warburton. Uh, most of his work is done in a re- relatively like, narrow
2: channel. Is that fair to say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got a theory mind on all his injuries. Mm-hmm. Well, here go. Not just for Sam, but I, Shane Williams. I use the example when he got over bulked up and he was playing for Wales. I just wonder, in rugby, whether or not they still got it right about how much they tune players up to their physical limits. It's like a Formula One car. Formula One car is tuned up so much you could tune it up some more. If you do that a little bit more, it'll break down in a heck of a lot of races. I just wonder if they got the pitch right for rugby players. Are they so big now, bigger than ever? Are they overtuned? If you like, Johnny Wilkerson, another example, always injured when he was at Newcastle. It's a lot bigger then. Went to play in France. In France, they don't they haven't concentrated so much on the physical side of preparation, it's more about playing. Get fit by playing rugby and all. Yeah, he already had an injury during his years with Toulon, so I just wonder if there's something in that, if Sam Could lost be. perhaps the same little bit, a bit, bit of bulk, which actually did for the New Zealand tour um, with Wales last year, whether well, that would actually help him a bit, that he wouldn't get so much, uh, so many problems. Although uh, I must say, so a lot of his injuries are from the physical contact, aren't they? Mm.
0: Talk about Alice briefly. Um, pretty disappointing for him to be out for so long now with this hamstring injury. I've often mentioned him as being a future Welsh captain, in my opinion. Yeah. And he said about his leadership skills, he would have been. A, a brilliant safety net for Danny Wilson having to lose Sam Warburton for four months. That safety net has been taken away. Yeah. Um, leaves the Blues in a bit of a predicament. It, it?
1: Well, if you look at it, when he picked up his injury while jackling and winning his fourth turnover of the game against Exeter, you know. And he just got himself in one of those horrible positions of having got the ball, he got hit, his leg was awkwardly placed, and the hamstring went pop off The bone, you know, uh, <laughs> Danny Wilson says not as bad as Dan Fishes, who did all three hamstrings. Oh, well, that's all right. <laughs> Can you imagine like how painful that must be? Mm. Um, Ellis has had uh, surgery now to have it reattached, and he's going to be out. I think he, he'd be very lucky to play again this year. You're probably talking January, it's a massive blow. We've also lost Warburton, the third open side. Um, James Botham grandson of the great Sir Ian, he's had ankle surgery. So their seven options are, are very limited, very, very limited indeed. It's going to ask in a huge amount again of Josh Navidi, who, as I say, is, has become more of a seven, more of a ball carrier and a physical tackler and over the, than perhaps a jackal yeah, over the why, ball.
2: Why, why do not they ask the Ospreys if they could borrow Will Jones? Wales under-20s, flanker, who's He's a really good player.
1: I would imagine. They, you know, why, why well, not we be did ask for Will Jones, we, we, we did ask Danny Wilson this, Regular games. We did ask Danny Wilson this Just week um, whether there was a possibility of bringing somebody on, in on loan. I said would like to but we just don't have the finances
0: well there you go seems to be the harsh realities everywhere you turn at the moment doesn't it? yeah I mean the way they can perhaps
2: uh, compensate is if uh, Nick Williams gets fit to play a run runner games if that ever happens and Navidi could then play on the yeah. uh, open side Nick, Nick Williams again so Nick Williams is the key but Nick you know if you look at his career he's another one who has injury after injury mm. really strings that many games together where you look at him when he's at uh, Munster Oh, I, was, I think he was was he with one of the Italian teams won it for a stint? Yeah he was. Uh, I can't remember what they called it at that time. Ironi, Roni, is it? Ironi. R- and Ironius. then at uh Ulster he have his moments but uh, often he was uh, well, thirty four now. I think yeah. thirty four, thirty three, thirty four. That's the the blues, is it? It's a mix between a very young and a very old pack. Well if you look at it,
1: you've got a front David row. Welsh when, row when Gethin, with the Mellon and Smiler Matthew Reese and Tau play together. Which you probably will quite soon, with a combined age of fourteen. And then you've got the other hand of it, you've got twenty years. You know, there was one game recently where Azarati came on for a tau Fau and he was half his age, forty to twenty. So there's this kind of aged group it's not aged, it's a bit horrible, isn't it? This veteran group and then these kids. And there's yeah. there's not that, the kind of players who are in the middle, you know, one of the classic would be the Alice Jenkins, twenty four, and now he's gone, you know, and, but as I say, the big issue for them is not the short term. Although it, things are bad at the moment, there is such an issue for what the long term future of Cardiff Blues is. And that, that's as with the, as with the, I mean the Dragons. You know, in a way, the Dragons was a much tougher thing, wasn't it? They had to buy a ground there. Yeah. The Union coming in, now, they wouldn't have yeah. to buy a ground. It'd be a simpler yeah. thing. Yeah. But well, there's the financial deal.
2: Yeah, the Dragons didn't have the debt. Of the blues, blues got. Well, ma- blues, well they did have a debt. No, but they it's just the people no, who had exactly the debt were no, no. prepared to write it off yeah, they yeah, was it yes wasn't a debt, debt compared to that of the blues because the blues, in fairness, fairness to Peter Thomas millions, and the blues, millions, blues got a massive debt because it's largely historical because of their decision to be basically a standalone uh, club, so they carried that debt over with them. Whereas the Ospreys were set up on the back of Swansea going into So Are you saying the
1: Cardiff, Cardiff Rugby Club should have been put into administration? No, I'm that? not
2: saying that because Peter. Uh, Peter Thomas, great, but he's a great bloke. He's done so much for rugby over the uh, years. Peter's a man of principle who would prefer to pay his creditors. Who, you know, he's a businessman. Will pay his creditors rather than put his company into uh, into liquidation and leave people. You know, perhaps go bust themselves. He's a man of principle. Mm.
0: Well, there we go. All right, then we leave it there today, chaps. We've uh, we've got the dinner to get off to. Um, as we've mentioned, you've got to go and cook it. If you were in the kitchen, I'm not having it. No. Oh, yeah. Right. So we obviously, as we mentioned, we have got the regional games this weekend. We'll have team news uh, coming out on Thursday and Friday this week, and then the live action t- to follow in the coming days. You can catch all the live updates, match reports, and reaction on Wales Online.